that's what I found is sometimes the challenge. It's um, all the other opportunities that are out there. God, they sound so good and you can sign up for this and that. And, and, and really it might not be a good fit. So you find that person that you can start walking with or that person you can train with or that thing that you like to do. And I remember people always said to me, if you don't like doing it, you won't continue to do it. Um, but I want to like it. You know, I'm supposed to like it all the judgment that comes with what we're supposed to do. It may not be a good fit. Thinking back on it, um, yeah, I'm glad I did it. If I had to do it again, would I? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was not a good fit for me. And I didn't enjoy it. But I said I was going to do it. Um, but the toll it took was not one that served me well. Hi, I'm Scott Hefner, and this is Finding Your Sweet Spot. It's a show about real people with real stories discovering that optimal space when it comes to their health and wellness and how their core values influence their decisions concerning activity, nutrition, and self-care. My hope is that there are others who can relate in some way to these examples and the stories shared here can help those who are on their own journey to finding their sweet spot. So let's go. I traveled down Ward Parkway toward the historic Kansas City Plaza, where I was going to have a conversation with one of the first people I began working with as a personal trainer over 20 years ago. My name is Daylin Schmidt, and I am 67 years old. I have worked out with Scott for approximately 20 years now in a variety of ways. Needless to say, there's some history there. And I truly enjoy good health. I'm um, a mother and I'm a grandmother and I love being actively involved with uh, my kids and my grandkids. I love to travel, which, you know, it helps to have a little health and being able to have some stamina when you're traveling through airports or or even if you're doing a road trip. It's important to be able to um, just enjoy that. She described how early in her life, exercise came down to just one thing. You know, I've always been an active person. I mean, I grew up on a farm in western Kansas, and so there was just lots of space to be outside, and, and movement was really important then. But my, my basic history for the first 40 years of my life was to walk. I mean, I walked a lot, and I found that to be just extremely um, helpful. It's how I you know, could work through any emotion I needed to work through. And uh, I had someone in the neighborhood I usually walked with. So that girlfriend down the street, we'd walk at 5 o'clock in the morning from 5 to 6, and then we'd get our kids off to school, and then we'd start our day. And, I mean, it was a positive experience because it was a scheduled thing. I had someone to walk with. And our standing joke was always, um, you know, if I told you this yesterday, just stop me. And my friend would always say, well, if you told me, I probably don't remember. Remember what time of day we're doing this. And so it was always a really pleasurable experience to be able to walk. So my first, my first memory of all that was I would always say, of course I exercise, I walk a lot. But for Day Lynn, there was more to walking than just getting in her steps. My grandfather, he had daily practices 
that I didn't understand back then, but today as I have my own daily practices of things, made total sense. But I would always want to drive everywhere we wanted to go. And he would say to me, walking isn't crowded. And you can think and your thoughts aren't crowded when you're out walking. And so he walked every day and he went to his routines that he did every day and could not see any purpose in driving when you could walk. So that was kind of my initial orientation when I was young to walking. And he wasn't wrong. He, he had a gift in all of that. She tried a couple of different things when it came to structured exercise, but didn't have the best experiences. A couple of times in my probably early 30s, one time I did a hot yoga class and almost passed out in it, so I thought I'm never going to do that again. Now today, I do do yoga two to three times a week, but it is in a much more um, educated state and much more aware of what I can do. And more climate controlled, maybe? And more climate control would be a perfect thing to say. Hot yoga was not my, not for me. One time I did um, work out in a gym with um, a girlfriend, and we had no idea what we were doing, and I never went back because I didn't have any real education or guidance in it at that point. And so then I didn't go back and do anything. That's not for me. I just kept walking. Despite her resistance to doing things other than walking, she finally started to incorporate other types of exercise into her workout regimen. It just took a little nudge. Yeah, well, it was it was another neighbor in the neighborhood that um, he went every morning to the gym. He was a, a, a friend in the neighborhood, and he would say to me, uh, you know, you really ought to go to the gym with me. And, uh, you know, you can, you can drive by, pick me up at 6 o'clock. I have a membership um, to this gym, and you can just go for a week trial and see what happens. And it was probably a month to, to six weeks um, that he would keep dropping that hint. I'm going to the gym in the morning. Is it, you know, you want to go? Walking's great. You're really doing great. But, you know, you might find that lifting's okay, too. And he really continued to encourage me uh, to do that. I always want to feel pretty competent and capable in what I'm doing. And, you know, the neighbor had lifted for a long time. And I would say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Well, he said, there'll be somebody there to help you. I'll show you. You know, and just kept encouraging in that way. It's not that bad, Dalian. And then the moment arrived. My aha moment where I was getting ready to turn 40. So I was doing a lot of reflection about what my next decade would look like. You know, those things that you sign up for um, for the next 10 years and, and what, what, what do I want to add or, and what do I want it to be. And one day before I said, I've got to do something before my 40th birthday. And so my gift to myself for my 40th birthday was to join uh, Gold's Gym. And uh, so Frank and I started out going to Gold's Gym together. He's just a neighbor down the street and we all kind of hung out together. I picked him up every morning at six o'clock because we needed to be at the gym by six because we had to be back by seven because he had to get to work and I had to get the kids off to school and, and to work, etc. So that was the beginning of it. So she moved beyond only walking for exercise and started her journey into the world of resistance training. She got help from her friend Frank, from a young gym employee named Rod. And I called him Rod the Bod God. And from other early morning gym goers who didn't really even know her. 
And what I found over two, three weeks period of time is that the same people were there. You know, some days, not always, but what I really liked was the convenience of knowing people. You nodded. You didn't have to know their name. You didn't have to know anything about them, but it was a community of people that you belong to. The early morning community. The early morning community. These people got in there and they got it done. Um, the other thing that I loved about it was that if you didn't come for a couple days and then you did show up, they'd say, hey, where you been? You know, we, we wanted to know if we needed to send somebody out to get you if your car broke down. And we used a lot of humor and encouragement um, just about missing you. And in, in between sets, people might talk. Which sounded like a fun, natural way to stay accountable. Absolutely. There was a natural accountability. And I mean, I got to go. Somebody's going to wonder where I am if I don't show up. Now, whether they did or not, who cared? But I thought that they would. And they did. So it was, it was fun um, in that regard. Daylin also shared what adding in this new environment did for her beyond getting physically stronger. The other thing that I found over time with that support of Rod and the support of my neighbor and watching other people is I felt more competent and more capable um, and it wasn't so awkward. And I didn't realize until later when I started formally um, doing some weightlifting and some training types of exercises, just how much the relationship meant. I mean, to work out with somebody and to have that experience. It helped me be more, um, more rounded out, so to speak, and not to get uh, real compulsive about one thing. Um, and that it touched on a little strengthening, a little, you know, weightlifting, a little uh, stress reduction, um, a little cardio. I mean, it was a variety. There was more variety to it, which I think is really important for me because I think you get bored if you just stay with one thing. So to have a little variety mixed it up and, um, and I felt healthier in it. It was at this point, I couldn't help but think about how many times I've heard and frankly used the excuse of, I don't have time to exercise. Here is someone who started her formal exercise program at what could be considered the height of her busyness. Well, and backtrack just a little bit because at that time, I mean, you were pretty busy. I was very busy. I was a single mom. I, I had a 14-year-old and a 4-year-old uh, when I started working out. And so I had um, like two only children going different directions. I also um, am in healthcare, um, And so I, I worked for um, a hospital here in Kansas City. And then I also started my own company. And I was teaching at a couple of universities. And I, um, over time... Uh, was a CEO of my other company that I founded and I had 80 employees. So as you know, there's a little bit of stress that goes around with managing people. Sounds like you had a lot of free time. Yeah, a lot of free time. So that one hour became really, really important to me. The fact that it was my one hour to do something for myself where the phone wasn't ringing, my kids didn't need anything. It was my hour because once the day started, um, 
it wasn't like I could carve that hour out. So to get up, to get that done, it just helped you set your pace for the rest of the day. She expanded on this thought about taking care of herself during that one hour and how her core values aligned with her health. There, there are daily practices that I think we all need to do mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all that kind of thing. But for the physical aspect of it, uh, which also I think helps the mental aspect, it's a daily practice of doing something for yourself. And when you talk about what that realignment for me did in terms of just my own values, um, it's about a, just having a practice of self-discipline, of making sure that it's important enough and on your schedule to do it. And I want to contribute back to the world in some way, whether it's family or to the community at large. And in order to do that, um, I have to have some degree of health. Um, I have grandchildren that I want to see graduate from, from high school, um, and I want to be active with them. I don't want to uh, not be able to participate, if at all possible. You know, sometimes things happen. Disease occurs, you know, life happens. But if I can do some prevention in that, um, you know, I've always wanted to look at prevention um, in terms of values. You, it's a part of a self-preservation piece. I want to be able to preserve what healthy parts I do have because the aging process is happening. You know, it's a gift, but it's happening. <laughs> and then something came up that we've joked about for a long time. Gravity always wins. Scott, you have told me that for 20 years. And I say that to you often now. I'm 67 years old. I have worked out in a formalized gym setting for 27 years. And gravity still wins. She had one more thought on self-preservation being a part of her overall health. I think if we're educated about our own bodies and our own health issues, uh, for example, I, I work in healthcare, but I also have um, genetic history in my family of osteoporosis and rheumatoid arthritis. And so one of the things I often think about, it's the skeletal structure and the um, immune system around that, that um, you know, that I'm probably a little more vulnerable to. And so exercise, toning, working out, keeping some muscle there really is prevention um, for osteoporosis and, um, and staying in tune with that. So I, I have a real value about um, all of the, the health piece, not to an extreme, but, you know, whether you're getting your teeth cleaned twice a year or whether you're doing an annual physical or whatever that is, um, information is, is important. And um, just to be able to monitor that a little bit. What would health be to you? What would you say health is? I think to wake up and, and feel good, feel like the cup is half full. And part of that is when you don't hurt and you aren't worried about your health. Um, and if you just do your daily practices, sometimes that takes care of itself. It, you just feel, I, I want to feel good. I, I don't like uh, feeling ill. Um, and through our last you know, experience with the pandemic, 
um, you know, I enjoy good health. I also think some self-awareness is really helpful in, in overall health. Have some self-awareness. If you're tired, get enough sleep. If you're, you know, pay attention and really living in the present. And we talk about that a lot too, because uh, we don't do that. And so what does your body need? And, and you talk about that some, you know? Yeah, I know that we've had plenty of conversations about the body lets you know at some point what you need. This is true. I believe that. But we don't slow down enough oftentimes to, to look at that. You know, overall, when you talk about um, the core values is um, I'm an extrovert by trait and um, I enjoy relationships. So I think being in a community of people who also enjoy good health because we never know you know tomorrow the tide may turn unbeknownst to me but it isn't that I didn't give it my best effort going forward so yeah I'll be you know I'll be sad if that happens but I'm not I'm not preparing for that one well you're always giving your best foot forward when we get together you know for our sessions that's pretty good that's pretty good I try it was time to find out why discovering her sweet spot was so important. I think over the last two to three years, um, I've come to to find that and accept it. I tend to be, I tend to have a type A personality. Um, you know, more is better. So, you know, um, I know it's something you and I work on. You tell me that this weight is fine and I say it's really light. And you say that's what we're gonna do today and it really isn't too light. But always pushing myself because if, you know, one mile's good, two miles is better. And that's not always the case. So it's really understanding moderation and whatever we're doing to do that in moderation and to do that in balance. And that is something that um, if I can remember that, I'm in my sweet spot. She warily brought up a time when that wasn't always the case. I'm just gonna add this in. I. Um, much to your chagrin and you're telling me that it might not be a good fit for me I did a half a marathon and um, my body did not like it and yeah no let's not talk about that but um, my body did not handle that well I'm I'm not a runner I've never been a runner but I signed up said I was going to do it and because I always want to be follow my commitments that's one of those things to the extreme that um, thinking back on it Um, yeah, I'm glad I did it. If I had to do it again, would I? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was not a good fit for me. And I didn't enjoy it. But I said I was going to do it. Um, But the toll it took was not one that served me well. Finally, she described the importance of taking the time to evaluate your sweet spots every now and then. It's not, it's not perfect. You know, that's the thing. There is no perfect way to do this. And people talk about that. There's no perfect way to um, look at weight management. There's no perfect way to body build or to gain strength. And each decade is a little bit different on how we need to do that and, um, and life events that occur. But, you know, on any given day, I think you have to reevaluate that because I think we do go to extremes. It's either black or white, it's yes or no, it's one or ten. And really, life is two through nine, and it's going to flex. And one day when you work out, it may not feel as good as it does another day. Um, And I think there's a lot of maybes in it. You know, I don't know how I'm going to feel after this workout until. 
but I think we want to know the answers before we begin. You know, give me a hundred percent guarantee that if I train with you, I'm going to be feeling this and doing this and doing that. And that's not the case because it's a, it's a learning curve and it's just, um, but it's a daily practice. And I think it's not about what you can do for me, so to speak, but what am I willing to learn about what my body needs along the way? And it's really having awareness and being open to that awareness. So after this 27 years of, you know, some formal exercise with, um, with you and, and just with others in terms of yoga instructors, etc. Um, I think that's that sweet spot that comes over time is that you begin to trust it. Trust in someone or something, joining a community, building relationships. As we continue this series with others who share insights into finding their sweet spots, it's not necessarily how many mile markers they cross or how many calories they count. It's connection. Connection with others, connection with environments, and ultimately, a connection with themselves. And that may be the truest sweet spot of them all. Finding Your Sweet Spot is written, edited, and produced by Scott Hefner. Music composition and sound design by Hefner Wellness Productions. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating or write a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It really helps people find the show and spread the word to others who may be inspired by what they hear. Check out the show notes where you can click on any of the links to learn more about Hefner Wellness, my guests, and other resources. You've been listening to Finding Your Sweet Spot.